for the Brave, a program that advocates for our active military, veterans, and first responders. Presented by Homebridge Financial Services, Gear Services Web Design, and Steve Sewell, Farmers Insurance of Texas. Alliance for the Brave, serving and empowering those who serve our great country and the line of duty with a focus on bringing the core leadership values of honor, duty, and service to our communities. America, let's take action to take care of our brave men and women who put their lives on the line to serve us locally, nationally, and around the world. It's time to tune in, join in, and plug in with us. Welcome to Alliance for the Brave. In the air everywhere around the United States and around the world, you're listening to Alliance for the Brave, where we bring education, information, and communication to today's veterans, active duty military, and patriots. I'm Jim Blythe, U.S. Navy veteran, certified senior advisor. My partner, Ron Abrams, the regional coordinator for employment with the Texas Veterans Commission. Ron, summer solstice, man. And I need to get some barbecue going again this this weekend. (laughs) Oh, boy. Let's see what we can do. To continue the theme of leadership that is so important to us, I have the great honor of getting to introduce a great guy that I've gotten to know over the phone, and I'm really looking forward to sitting down one day and having lunch with him. Bill Eastman, General Manager of Radio Stations in Richmond, Virginia. Welcome aboard, brother. Welcome, Jim. I greatly appreciate being on here. Usually I'm doing the interviewing, so this is a, yeah. a nice change. It's kind of fun. Now, you were the General Manager of WNTW. How did you get into radio? Well, I grew up with radio. My grandfather was a ham operator, and uh, when I used to stay with them, uh, I would the room that uh, was kind of the guest room was also the ham radio shack. And so I woke up every morning to you know the Dobbs turning and and the background. So I've listened to radio my entire life. I but I'm not a radio professional in the sense that you are. I'm a consumer of radio, and then when the opportunity arose, because I was doing a a, a weekly radio show, business show on WNTW. And the general manager position came up, and I said, hey, why don't I give it a try? Because I have a different view of this because I'm a consumer, and I think that the current models that we're using around AM radio may not work in the future, and we need another revolution, kind of like what Limbaugh did with political speech in the late 1980s. That's fascinating. We've set the stage for who you are. Let's go back and tell everybody about your education and the fact that you are a Coastie. You are a Merritt, man. That's right. Yeah, you and I were talking about this, and I think the you know it's one of the differences between the Navy and the Coast Guard is that we're both at sea, but the Navy, because of its role uh, as an armed force and a protector, is that it gives you kind of a different mindset. The Coast Guard, we're a regulatory agency. Yeah, in a time of war, we paint the boats gray and we go on convoy duty. Okay, so but the rest of the time, you know, we're we're handling ships, we're flying planes, we're doing marine safety, and I grew up in the in what we would call the White and Red Boat Coast Guard. White Boat Coast Guard is big cutters. Red Boat uh, Coast Guard is icebreakers. And we see ourselves as ship handlers, mariners, such as uh, aids to navigation, if you've ever seen buoy tenders. And so it's a different, it's just a totally different ethos, even though we have similar jobs and, and similar job descriptions. On my last tour, I served in a search and rescue group in the Navy. When you talk about search and rescue, Coast Guard sets a whole new definition to that. 
Well, because it's what we do every day. And and when I worked as a marine scientist, all the work that I did was on current theory so that we could, if your boat sank and you were in a Zodiac, and we knew where the currents were and we knew where the winds were, we could say, well, in 12 hours you're here. So we would raise the odds we could find you, whether it was by aircraft or by a small boat. So you were a marine scientist and a meteorologist. Oh, that, that that was awesome. I mean, I had um, I had come out of college, and I, I didn't know what to do. I wanted to get out of Florida. And so I went to the Coast Guard recruiter. He looked at my background and said, how would you like to play Jacques Cousteau? Now, how do you say no to that? Especially from Florida. Ah, give me a scuba yeah. tank, and I'm over the side, man. Yeah, so we, um, I, you know, I went into a rating that uh, was a combination of the Navy OT, Ocean Tech, and a rockifer's mate. And so our specialties were marine science and uh, meteorology. And so you had to be proficient in all those to advance. And throughout that, though, your career escalated. Explain how you became the head of that, the school, the LAMS program. Quickly, what happened is that I worked my way through the ranks and made chief petty officer. And because of changes in the Coast Guard, because we're always searching for the next budget dollar, they did away with the sea billets. I, I had been working to become a chief petty officer on an icebreaker. I just got off an icebreaker tour, and they downgraded the billet, and I had no place to go. They said, how would you like to be an instructor leadership school? I went there, fell in love with it, became a Mustang officer, and was going to go to sea again. And the, the, the head of the school came back uh, to me and said, hey, I've got no officers with any experience. Would you come back to leadership school for a year or two and help me out? Well, of course, that's a career killer in the Coast Guard if you, as an ensign. If you don't go to sea or you don't fly a plane, you're, you're pretty much done. And I went back, and what happened was the, the, the person who was commanding officer there retired, and they said, well, we're not going to replace him. We'll just fleet you up, and you'll be school chief until the billet rotates. So I wound up being the chief of leadership and management school. So over the period of seven years, we trained about one-fifth of the Coast Guard. And you taught basically some of the things, communications, uh, influence, creating an environment that motivates people. These are some of the things that you taught, that you developed these programs. Well, and, and we did. And, so, and you know, as, as anybody would, we took it on that we wanted to be the best school in the military, what we had to offer. So we would trade instructors like when you were in the Navy, you had LMET program. And so we traded instructors for all the different leadership programs, and we eventually got to the point where they would come back and say, you guys run the best program in the military. But that was, and it's like any command, if you're committed to excellence and accept nothing else, and you build that with teamwork, and you train and develop your personnel, it's possible. Bill, this is the message that I am passionate about getting across to people, that there are opportunities for unbelievable education and leadership in the military that are not necessarily afforded in other places. I I think that's critically important. Can you maybe tell a story about one or two of the courses that you thought were critically important? We did not have any program for uh, senior enlisted. So we sent some people to the Sergeant Majors Academy in Texas, and that when they came back, we developed a program for chief petty officers, and it was designed for E8s and E9s, because E7s, you know, you're a leader and you're technical, but the 8s and 9s in the Coast Guard find themselves like a command enlisted advisor, or the Coast Guard's one of the only organizations where the commanding officer is enlisted, what we call officer in charge, or OIC. So we were training E8s and E9s how to either be advisors to the commandant, advisors to admirals, advisors to the, to the commanding officer of the base, which is really different than running a, a department, as well as how do you assume command 
of a small boat station? How do you assume command of a law enforcement detachment? And what the beauty of the Coast Guard is, Coast Guard's got some challenges, but the beauty of the Coast Guard is, is that enlisted people have the opportunity to command at a level that none of the other services uh, provide the opportunity to do. As I read your bio, I went and looked up the Leadership Management School of the Coast Guard called LAMS. It's pretty amazing what they're teaching and what they're doing, and you develop that. You're basically an, an entrepreneur then. Uh, yeah, we, we were entrepreneurs then because, you know, we could have just taken the billet and done a reasonably good job and got good critiques and moved on in our careers. But it was one of those things, of, it, it's kind of like radio. It got under our skin, and then suddenly being good enough was not good enough. And suddenly what we wanted to do, we wanted to be better than anybody else. And we would go to training seminars, and we would go see the big names in the industry, like Pete Drucker, uh, Paul Hersey, Tommy Peters all of the big players at the time, and said, we're going to be better than that. It kind of fed itself. It took 18 months to develop an instructor to where they were proficient at everything, and we had a development plan, and we invested in them, whether we had the money to spend or we had to come shoot something. You know, this is something that I experienced when I went to college and then went back to college after the Navy. Instructors maybe know their field, but they don't know how to teach. That's an indictment that unfortunately is very, very true. But you just said, hey, it takes 18 months for one of our instructors to be able to really instruct. I think that's what should be leading academics. I agree with you. In fact, the fundamental courses that we taught to our own staff were all training courses, how to train, how to, how to facilitate a conversation in the classroom. Because in our setting, we had we had straight lecture, we had lecture discussion, we had kind of the Socratic, you ask questions and drive the answer, we had role plays, we had case studies. So we had seven or eight instructional techniques that were all based upon what performance we expected from the individual in the classroom. And the big thing was, you know, because I had a senior staff, these were all at a, at a minimum E6s, I said, visualize what this behavior you're trying to teach looks like on the job. And you've got to replicate that in the classroom as much as you can do that. And then based upon that, what methodology you want to use. So we spent more time up front training them on how to train than we did on the content areas. Because if you don't know how to teach, you could be teaching the greatest thing in the world. But if you don't know how to teach, ain't nobody going to get it. And that's a tragedy. This is so important, though, that people know that because their vision of the military or their vision of the Coast Guard is you guys going to see in a cutter in the middle of a hurricane and saving somebody in a sailboat that's going down. I think people don't realize some of the educational opportunities and leadership opportunities, and you're talking about an enlisted man commanding a group, commanding a boat. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. I mean, if you go out to, you know, you, you guys are in, in Texas, because I think it's probably true, like in Corpus Christi or Galveston. If you, but if you were out here on the East Coast and you went out to Lake Hatteras, the small boat station there, and I'm sure it's true about Corpus Christi, probably got an E8 in charge. And he's got, or she's got five, six, 41 uh, foot or 50 footers there. And the coxswain on there, interestingly, the coxswain could be an E4 and they run their own boat. An E4 is in charge of that boat. That's how the Coast Guard pushes authority and power down the organization. And if you want a place where you're going to be in charge 
early and you get to test yourself, the Coast Guard is a pretty good operation. I love what you said to me. Excuse me while I laugh and I say, mm-hmm. when I first met you, you said, yeah, we're, we're mariners. You guys, you're, you're just boat drivers. And I'm thinking, how many times did I see you guys in those boats out there when the storms were brewing and everything was going bad? You were there. Well, the, the joke in the Coast Guard is you had to go. You just didn't have to come back. And, uh, <laughs> that's not and, a good and, thing. I know, but that was the ethos of the company. I mean, that's basically when you know when they said you're getting underway because we've got a search and rescue or we've got an emergency situation. You, you got to go. Nobody questioned whether you're leaving. I tell you what, Bill, we're going to continue this conversation, and we're going to talk about something near and dear to your heart entrepreneurship and how you've developed some businesses and then what you're doing with our radio station in uh, Richmond, Virginia. So this is Jim Blythe and Ron Abrams. We'll be right back as we talk about all of these things that lead to leadership. So Bill, thank you for being on board and we'll be right back after these words. I'm Isaiah. Hi, I'm Melody. And, and we're, we're the Crack Up Military, military family. family. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Alliance for the Brave. Hi, I'm Jim Blythe, Certified Senior Advisor. I've been working with seniors for 10 years in Texas and Oklahoma, helping them with financial issues, home finance, helping them to restructure their life, save their home, save the farm. That's what I do. I teach them, I help them, and I work with them. You can look me up on jimblythe.net, or you can call me at 214-502-4600. That's 214-502-4600. Hi, this is Pat Gear from Gear Services. I wanted to let you know we now offer domain registration, web hosting, email hosting, and other online services to support your online presence and promote your brand. Visit GEERdomains.com to register your domain or start your own website. If you need help setting up your website, we're always here for you. Visit GEERdomains.com or call 1-800-601-GEER for more information. Thanks. Listening to Alliance for the Brave, honoring, serving, and empowering those who serve our great country in the line of duty. Today's program is presented by Homebridge Financial Services, Gear Services Web Design, and Steve Sewell Farmers Insurance of Texas. Learn more about our mission and how you can plug in with us at AllianceForTheBrave.com. Now back to the conversation. Welcome back. You got Jim and Ron, and I am having a fabulous discussion with Bill Eastman, the general manager of a radio station in Richmond, Virginia, WNTW, The Answer. What a great station. Bill, you were telling us about your Coast Guard experience, but I think all your leadership led you into entrepreneurship. Please tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurship background and what you've done there. What happened was that because I made a decision to go back to leadership and not go to sea, when I made lieutenant, I didn't have a career left. Uh, I mean, I could have worked at Coast Guard headquarters or something like that, but that's just not who I am. So I left service and decided to take all the education experience I had, especially working at leadership school, especially being the chief of leadership school, and going into business for myself. So I created my own consulting company. And the first couple of years were fairly rocky because um, I know how to manage people, or I thought I did. I knew how to manage the budget, 
But the idea of making profit is not, if you're in uniform, it's not a concern you have. It's missions and people. That's the only two things you think about. We got to do the mission, and I got to make sure I got to keep my people safe and they all come home. That's kind of it. Now I've got to worry about generating a profit and what does the future look like. And so it took probably two or three years before we got that under control. And we've gone through four startups. Two were very successful. Two weren't. And um, I'm in the fifth startup right now. Serial entrepreneurship, I think it's like being on the radio, is it gets under your skin and then suddenly you just got to do it. And if you go, I'm going to take my money and go home, that lasts for for a couple weeks and you're going, all right, now what do I want to do? Well, tell us a little bit about your startups. What The two that were successful, what did you do? What made them successful? The, the ones that were successful is that we, we picked out a particular niche that we wanted to own. So instead of being all things to all people, we had a very defined market and a very fine, defined offer, and market meaning who we were going to go after, who was the perfect customer, and it was a few types of companies or industries, and then what were we going to offer. So what I found over the years is the more you can narrow it, the better off, even though the, the, you know, you're thinking, well, I don't want to lose any business, take anything off the table. The reality is the more that you can focus, the, more, the better the offer can be because you can put your energy behind it. Then we got a team of people together, and the one that was most successful, we took it from zero to $10 million in three years. And that's, and that's in a business that's predominantly labor-based because consulting is you're not selling a lot of product. What you're doing is you're selling hours, or the way we used to say it is you sell brains and you manage calendars. You took it from zero to ten million in about three years. That in three years is amazing. What would you say the key to your success then with that was? Well, it was one having the right team of people together, and number two was just being very, very aggressive, um, and not willing to accept no for an answer. Uh, and I don't mean necessarily the client turns you down. It's more of something didn't work. You didn't get. You didn't allow that to um, depress you. you. Just said, okay, that didn't work. Let's move on. Let's do something else. And it's that type of experimentation that helped us move forward because even the stuff that didn't work, there was a lesson in that because maybe part of it did or none of it did and here worked and here's why. You could come back and say, okay, we're going to go in this direction. So it was a team of people and absolute, an absolute unwillingness to quit were the two things I think that made us uh, successful over that period. Would you say that some of your active duty Coast Guard experience was what gave you that sort of DNA background to never give up? I, I, that's part of it. It also is that of the four partners, two were Coasties. So actually two of us came from leadership school. And so what we brought to the feast, we had one sales guy, we had another guy who was a consultant, but two of us, the other two consultants, were both escapees, basically our joke was, from leadership school. And so... We had a camaraderie, and we knew our stuff, and uh, then we were able to build on that. So very much, even though it was um, two Coasties and two civilians, it was very much like being in a, at a well-performing Coast Guard unit. Hey, that's that a great thing. Teamwork. This is this is a great story for you and the audience to listen to Bill Eastman, who is a serial entrepreneur and a super leader. So we're going to take a break from all of this uh, wonderful education. And when we come back, we're going to dig deeper into how this can help you in your career. This is Jim Blythe and Ron Abrams. We're here with Bill Eastman on Alliance for the Brave. What a great day in our neighborhood and in Bill's as well. 
Greetings, everybody. This is Vito Kreka. I am the Deputy Command Chaplain for Norfolk Naval Station, the largest naval base on the globe. It's comprised, really, of just about every demographic that finds itself attached to the military, from the United States Marine Corps, United States Navy SEALs, our CBs, our ships that are sail above the ocean, our submarines that go under, our air department that flies over. And one of the greatest things about this holiday, this 4th of July, there is a decree that any military base, no matter where they are on the planet, at high noon on the 4th of July, will give one cannon blast for every state in the Union in remembrance of this. This is an opportunity this 4th of July to pause and remember our heritage, the 56 who signed that Declaration of Independence, that, that of all the countries in the world, this is the only one that no longer has to serve under a king or a queen or a pope or a state government. This is the this is the country in which individual hopes and freedoms and liberty really matter. And so on this weekend, we set aside our differences in the likeness of President George Washington, who prayed at Valley Forge, Pennsylvania in 1777. We put something else above ourselves this weekend. And we remember that, yes, we're different in our spirits and we're different in our emotions and we're different in our beliefs. But on this weekend, we remember that together we are Americans. My hope for you this weekend is that you cherish your family, you cherish your neighbors, you cherish your heritage. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for our country. Join me this weekend in doing so. Today's program is brought to you by Homebridge Financial Services. Gear Services Web Design and Steve Sewell Farmers Insurance of Texas. Visit us on Facebook or online at allianceforthebrave.com. Join the conversation by calling 214-810-TALK. That's 214-810-8255. And now back to Alliance for the Brave. Welcome back. You got Jim and Ron, and I'm having an exciting discussion with a fellow radio guy, a fellow sailor, although Coasties are mariner, mariners, and we Navy are just sailors, right, Bill? <laughs> mariners. Like mariners, yeah. Well, there was a few, a few of those. You know, it's it's exciting, though, not only to talk about your leadership and what you did for the Coast Guard, but your entrepreneurship. Now, this entrepreneurship goes way back in your history. Your dad was an entrepreneur. That, that's correct. My father was one of those people who was always employed but would never suffer a bad job or a bad boss. And so he ran his own businesses. In fact, he owned bars. And then he had times when he worked for somebody else. But he was very entrepreneurial in terms of he was going to do what he wanted to do. And so that led to us living kind of a gypsy experience. Uh, experience when I was a kid. When I graduated from high school, I, in 12 years, I'd gone to 11 schools within nine places. I got used to it. You know, it's actually, again, it's one of those things that get into your blood, the idea of sitting someplace for 10 or 15 years would drive me nuts. I can relate to that. I've been in real estate or mortgage or finance all my life, and I don't think uh, there's been too many years that I've had a steady paycheck as much as I made my own paycheck. I find, though, it's fascinating is you're sharing your ability because you're the general manager of WNTW, The Answer, and WLES radio stations in Richmond, Virginia. 
you have a morning program. What do you talk about on your morning program, Bill? Well, from 9 to 10, what we're doing is we're expanding our business programming. And so what I'm doing is basically what we're talking about right now is that every day I, I am offering an hour's worth of free training or consulting, whatever you want to call it, to business owners. And we focus on independent contractors, people who are living in the gig economy, like somebody that drives through Uber or Lyft um, or drives for Domino's, uh, entrepreneurs, people who are doing in the startup mode or thinking about a startup, and then business owners, people who actually have something going. The way that we do it is you basically got two choices. You can stroke me a big check and I'll show up. or just <laughs> turn on the radio. And uh, turn on the radio is a whole lot easier. So uh, basically the way we format it is we talk business news first. Then we have the theme, and each day of the week we have a different theme. And then we have training after the break at the bottom of the hour. We have 13 minutes of the fastest training in radio, and it's on topic areas. And then we close out with social media interaction. So we do that Monday to Friday. Well, speaking of social media, I'd like to thank for the people who are watching us on Facebook Live. So thank you, Diane, for what you're doing there. Now, we talked about the two successful companies you did. What did you learn and what happened with the unsuccessful companies that you started? Well, the, the unsuccessful companies were, were, to some degree, an inverse. We didn't put together a great team. We didn't have a focused message. Uh, also, the ones that we went after, it, we were undercapitalized. Now, if you think about it, there are three types of strategies um, that you can employ in business. If we look at it, we're standing on Everest. We're having this conversation. One is a, what you would call a blue ocean strategy where you're going to do something nobody's ever done. you got no competitors, but on the other hand, nobody knows about it, so you have a real educational issue. How FedEx started. When FedEx started to do what they were going to do, people thought they were nuts because there was no market for it. They created it. Um, on the other end is that you go into business where everybody knows what it is, and all you need to seek to do is do it a little bit better, kind of like a dry cleaner. You can kind of optimize. And then in the middle is some combination where you pull together a couple business models together and, you know, build this combination, kind of like what the Walmart did when they put discount retail and food together. And so, you know, really the three major options, and in two of the companies that uh, we started, we were going after Blue Ocean stuff and did not have the capital to hang in long enough because we had to educate the customer on what it was and that they really needed it, as opposed to going after a market where everybody knew it. And so, you had to convince the customer you were better than the competition rather than telling the customer, well, why would I want to buy this? And that's, you know, that's how FedEx started. Their first week, they carried one piece of mail or one piece of uh, correspondence in their first week. That had to be an expensive letter. Oh, yeah, because you figure, you know, what their startup costs were and all the aircraft, you know, and they had to pay for all the gates and they took over the airport. And, you know, and then they had to have field offices, and you moved one piece of correspondence. But, Bill, they had the capital, they had the dream, and they had the business plan. Now, one of the things that Ron is very, very involved in and that I want to support is our Veterans Business uh, Outreach Program that's here at the University of Texas. I mentioned this to you, I think, the other day, and you said, man, I'd love to, to plug into that. So we're going to get you plugged in in November but isn't there uh, the Small Business Administration plug-in in the Virginia area, Ron? Yes, if you go to uh, vboc.org, uh, and we'll put that on the website as well. Okay. But uh, you, you can definitely get in contact with them there, Bill, because they receive grants. Yep. So I'm pretty That's sure right. they would love to have you uh, come aboard as a consultant. 
And okay. I, I actually had a trivia question for you, Bill. Yes, sir. I, I visited your website, and you've uh, given yourself a couple names here that I, I think the uh, audience would, would love to have abbreviated or described. You describe yourself as being an auteur. Now, that's French, if I pronounce right. that correctly. And also a flaneur. 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 Yes. All right, so let me go with that first one. I, I've, recently, I've, I'm always reading um, people who are thought leaders, not necessarily in my business, but just people are out there. And what I love are contrarians, people who are against the flow, because usually the next thing is coming from the contrarian, because anybody can speak to what's going on. It's the people going, no, it's this. A gentleman by the name of Nassim Tlaib is somebody that I've been following. He wrote the book Black Swan. He wrote the book uh, Fooled by Randomness. He wrote the book Anti-Fragile. And he said that one of the things that he wanted to be was a flaneur, who was somebody who was an observer of what's going on and able to provide commentary to it, uh, accurate commentary. In other words, he doesn't have a horse uh, in, in this or a dog in a fight. He's watching what's going on, and he's experiencing all of it to totally understand it. And when I read that, I was like, now that is the type of person that I would really like to be. I'm working at it. But uh, so the Flandor was one that I was like, I really loved his description of what that is. And I think that I have it on my personal website, is that it's not that you're, un- you're detached from the whole thing and you're just a spectator. You're an active participant, but what you're really doing is you're observing what's going on and really coming up with a thoughtful analysis of what you see before you take any action. I love it. <laughs> Autor is more of what I'm doing at the radio station. And so what I did is I just did a, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I do a lot of branding and marketing. So when you find a word you like, you're going, well, what other words are like that? And so I was doing kind of the synonyms around Flaneur, uh, and I come up with auteur. And what auteur was, it's again, it's a French word. And they use it for mostly movie producers like uh, Fellini, in that all of their movies have a particular flavor to them. And there is a, there's a, there's a thought process behind everything that they produce. And when I looked at the radio station, that's exactly what I'm trying to do because my principal role there, even though I'm doing a radio show, I'm trying to expand uh, the programming offer. It's really the programming that I want to put an energy into because we, we do a lot of political speech. We're not going to change that. But I want to add business and I want to add life. I want to add more different types of programming to better suit the community but somebody has to pull it all together in a consistent theme. So if you listen to the station in, in the space of a day, it makes sense to you. It's not just a hodgepodge of, well, we'll run so-and-so syndication uh, because he's popular. Now, if he is popular and he fits into the philosophy of what we're trying to do with the station, yes. But th- what's more important is the station is telling a story. If you listen to 820 during the day, we're telling a story, just like your station. And I want to manage that story better because I think that that's where we're going to build this. So we have a, an engineer that he's been in the business 40 years, John McCune. And John and I sat down, and what we've come up with is we're basically there are two things about uh, the station. We, number one is we're going more local so that we've got on-demand programming, that we're going to take what the listeners in the 820 area, which is Richmond, Petersburg, and the surrounding counties, and we're going to offer what they want to hear. Number two is we're going retro. We're going back to the heyday of radio, and we're going back to when, you know, in the 1930s when radio was really, really cool, and there was no other alternative. 
and we're going to incorporate some of that back into the station. So it's definitely not like anything else you're going to hear in that particular market. It's compelling. It gives you a reason to plug in. This is one of the things that I tell business people because I've been in business all my life. Take a niche, take a product, and give it a compelling reason. Help people to plug in to use what you've got. Yeah, I mean, if you think about what what the underlying theme inside the business as we look at programming is authentic with attitude. But I don't say that on radio when I'm on, on the air. Rather that if inside, what do we talk about? We want to be authentic. If we don't believe in what we're talking about, we don't do it. We don't believe in the people we got on, we don't have them on. We do the same thing here with Alliance for the Brave with KBTT to focus on veterans and active duty military and some of the people that we bring on really provide information. I think that's important in any market, and unfortunately, some of the markets, some of the stations I listen to, being a radio junkie, I'm like, you got to be kidding. So you are really bringing leadership and entrepreneur to radio there in the Richmond area. I think that's fascinating. Thank you. We're trying. We're trying. Have you ever thought about doing workshops? Yeah, over the years, I have done a number of workshops for entrepreneurs, in other words, help them to either start the business or once the doors are open and they're making sales, what do they need to do? We had developed a model that says that there's basically a minimum of five stages of growth to the business. And there's a sixth stage if you decide not to sell and you want to kind of reinvent it. So we have a whole model that we've developed over the last 20 years about how businesses grow. And we've done a number of seminars on those, helping the entrepreneur with two things. One is, what are the problems I got to deal with now? You got, you got 20 problems on your desk. Ten of those you got to deal with and ten of those you can put off. Because you can't do the 20, you don't have the resources, you don't have the time. So how do I select of all the things I could work on, how do I select which ones to pick? So one is, this gives you kind of a filter. Number two, it says, as you move the company and go to the next stage, guess what? You know what's coming. And so you can start getting ahead of it, and you can manage the growth of the business. A lot of people don't realize that after World War II, a tremendous percentage, Ron, you know the percentage of companies that were started by World War II veterans that succeeded. I mean, it was enormous. The change that the military community brought about in the economy of the United States due to entrepreneurship. I think we should see more and more of this is the ability to use that leadership we learned in the military to translate that into success. You know, if you've you've been in the military and you've done one tour, you've done three or four years, depending upon whatever your employment contract was, you have the skills to be successful as an entrepreneur. Do you have the personality and character for it? That's really the bigger challenge because it is going to get ugly. It's going to get tough. The only time you lose is when you quit. That's how you think about stuff. You can make it. Bill, let's come back after these words from our partners with a wrap-up thought and let people know how they can get a hold of you and where they can listen to A20, The Answer, in beautiful Virginia. That place called Richmond. There's a good reason for it to be rich, right? Because you're there. That's right. (laughs) All right. Thank you. We're going to be right back after these words. This is Ron and Jim, and you're listening to Alliance for the Brave. This is Chaplain Tim Moore, Command Chaplain at Naval Station Norfolk. You're listening to Alliance for the Brave. 
Are you a business owner or IT director with a need for custom application development? Gear Services provides custom application development to fully utilize your corporate data. From online mapping applications to business intelligence dashboards, Gear Services designs online applications to help manage your business in a more effective manner. Our applications are used to manage assets around the workplace. Visit GEERServices.com. That's GEERServices.com. Or call 1-800-601-GEAR for more information about what Gear Services can do for your company. Hi, I'm Jim Blythe, Certified Senior Advisor. I've been working with seniors for 10 years in Texas and Oklahoma, helping them with financial issues, home finance, helping them to restructure their life. Save their home, save the farm, that's what I do. I teach them, I help them, and I work with them. You can look me up on jimblythe.net or you can call me at 214-502-4600. That's 214-502-4600. This is Captain Brandon Lachtaller, United States Coast Guard, and you're listening to Alliance for the Brave. I'm extremely thankful for the men and women of the United States military. Services, Gear Services Web Design, and Steve Sewell, Farmers Insurance of Texas. Learn more about our mission and how you can plug in with us at allianceforthebrave.com. Now, back to the conversation. Welcome back with Jim and Ron. We're absolutely, for the first time, introducing a great guy, Bill Eastman. The general manager of WNTW, The Answer, in Richmond, Virginia. We brought him on because he's a Coastie. We don't get to talk to many Coast Guard guys. He was the chief and the head of their education and management and leadership school in the Coast Guard. And he is a serial entrepreneur. I think it's so important for people to hear success stories like yours, Bill. And, Ron, you had a comment. I want you to tell Bill that. I'm just astounded by how impressive you are. I think if you came here to Texas, your your consultations will be greatly appreciated. Trust me. And uh, we do have a, vi- a Veterans Business Outreach Center here. And I can get you uh, plugged in with Patrick Alcorn. And uh, with the consultations that you provide, I- I'm pretty sure you're going to be coming back more often. You know, I'm just, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a guy. I'm trying to do the best I can for the things I care about. And, um, you know, I have an affinity for military because we are that. You know, we served. We understand what it means to serve. And uh, we're, we're doing a lot of that here. I mean, I would love to help you guys out of Texas. I will check out Virginia, obviously, because that makes a lot of sense. I can drive to it. But anything I can do True. to help you all, because we have one of our shows, our, in fact, our theme on Thursday is Patriot Thursday. We're doing what you're doing right now is that we, we're focused on veterans predominantly, though we are doing work with first responders, police, uh, EMS, fire, and it's both for them as well as the organizations that support them. And we've got a great partner right now, Tech for Troops. These guys are awesome, run by a Marine, uh, Mark Casper. And, you know, like all Marines, even though he's not wearing a uniform, he's not an ex-Marine. He's a Marine. And one of the things they're, t- they're tackling is homelessness of veterans. 
And so what they're doing is they're getting companies to give them, you know, to basically survey out for all the military people, you know what I'm talking about, survey out that old electronic equipment, and they're basically either rebuilding it or recycling it, they're giving it to the vets and helping the vets get jobs. I mean, how do you not work with that organization closely? You can't beat that. So we want everybody to tune in, plug in, go to Alliance for the Brave. You're going to find out more about what we're going to be doing and are doing in Virginia with uh, Chesapeake Broadcasting. Bill, if people want to get a hold of you. My email address is bill at cpbroadcasting. CP stands for um, Chesapeake and Portsmouth. cpbroadcasting.com. The easiest thing is to go to the website. And then everything you need is there, and you can live stream the show. And that is WNTW The Answers. We're here to help you, Alliance for the Brave. So this is Jim Blythe with a special prayer for all of our active duty military, for all of our veterans. God bless you, and thank you for making us safe and keeping us safe. What you do means everything in the world to us. Praise be to God for keeping you safe in Jesus' name. This is Jim Blythe with Alliance for the Brave. Thank you and have a really great day.